Hello and welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur. My name's Melissa, and I am a wife, mother, former nurse turned real estate investor. And we believe the greatest gift you can give your child is a last name that stands for something. Your last name is your family's brand. If you are a parent who wants to raise your child to know who they are, love who they are, and believe in who they are, this show is for you. We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. Welcome back to the Family Brand Podcast. Today I have Graham Barlow with me. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Melissa. Excited to be here. It's a change of scene from the typical kind of deep tech chats I've had lately. So really excited. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm excited for this conversation as well. And before we hit record, we were talking about um, for Graham, this will be yeah, a different conversation than he normally has and for the family brand podcast as well. But I think it'll be really useful um, to anyone who is an entrepreneur or works. It's We're going to kind of take that angle today um, as far as parenthood as it relates to work. Um, and Graham and I, we met, we're in the same coaching program with, with Dan Martell, and he gave, um, he gave a strong speech a couple of weeks ago about podcasting. And so after that, we connected, and I felt like Graham had a lot of valuable things that he could share with the audience. So we're, again, glad to have you here to share your expertise today. Yeah. And we're united through a common belief that toddlers have no fear and are terrifying to watch over. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Graham was telling me he has a daughter who's 18 months old and all that that entails, like exploring the toddler phase. (laughs) Yes. So Graham currently runs a business that employs 50 plus people. And he told me, though, that he's been an entrepreneur his entire life. So we're going to get into in this conversation how you can, you know, maybe if you you employ people, how you can set your business up to be more um, family friendly to your employees and also how he has gone to a four-day work week with his business as well. I thought those would be great topics. So we'll get there in a minute. That's like a teaser. But first, I would like to start by asking you, you told me you've been an entrepreneur since you were 10. Tell me a little bit about maybe your your first experience with entrepreneur life and then maybe your your journey from there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I mean, I've been I've been an entrepreneur for longer than I knew what the term entrepreneurship meant and probably got into entrepreneurship through a scenario that many of your listeners and other parents can relate to in that as a avid online 10-year-old, I was spending way more time online gaming than I probably should have been in the kind of order of kind of hours a day online and ended up going through a bit of a conversation of having to show whether or not I could prove there was value in this online gaming thing. And through a series of kind of weird and random events, ended up stumbling across the fact that a lot of the items I had in the games that I was playing at the time, which was like Neopets and Diablo 1 and a weird mix of (laughs) stuff in the early 2000s, um, had a lot of value on eBay. And people were willing to pay a lot of money for it. And 
So we kind of eased into the process of selling items from online games on eBay and connected with a bunch of friends online that I was also playing with at the time and started selling more items on eBay. And that led us to getting into really basic programming and writing really basic little tools to automate playing the games. And then that led to creating more bots to play more games. And over the course of six years, I ended up scaling it up to a pretty, pretty significant operation. Botting games, building currency and selling it uh, initially on eBay and then ultimately wholesale to other distributors that were then selling it back to the North American market. And that was kind of my foray into entrepreneurship as a kind of veiled attempt to justify way too much time gaming ended up being a, a micro degree in business and cash flow and everything like that. Um, and then we ended up actually selling the company in 2006 uh, when I was 16. And that was kind of my first experience in it. And since then, I attempted to go to school, dropped out of university, uh, started um, a game development company, scaled our first game over a million users, sold that. Um, spent a few years investing in early stage businesses uh, through a SaaS venture fund, and then seven years ago joined Iversoft. And since then, we've scaled Iversoft from a team of seven to over 50, um, grown from under a million dollars in revenue to just shy of 10 million this year. And yeah, in the process, navigated everything in between. So it's been a pretty crazy ride. That is crazy. I can't believe that you... <laughs> Yeah, that just your hobby as a 10-year-old led you to building a business that you sold at 16. That's incredible. It's it's something I, I point to a lot and I think is kind of a fun conversation to have with parents, especially now that I have a daughter and I'm kind of looking at this as the majority of what I learned early on about running businesses came from online gaming communities. It came from trading in games. It came from making gold in World of Warcraft and all of these things and a lot of the principles that were kind of applied to how to how to manage and scale companies came from that. There's a lot of education that can come from gaming when you look at it through the right lens. But that's a whole other world. To yeah. Talk about. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think this is interesting because I tend like if I'm being open about it, I tend to with my kids maybe take the angle of like. You you're gaming too much and we honestly don't even have a gaming system we have like a little like old school thing 10 year old me is it. devastated <laughs> but i tend to again if i'm being honest not see the value in it for them fair but i think it's super cool and you're opening my eyes to like hey look at actually re-examining my my thoughts and not that i'm going to go out and buy a gaming system <laughs> but i love that first of all your parents saw that this was a passion that you had, saw that it was something that you were good at and allowed you to to flourish and experiment and and make a business out of it. I think that's <laughs> super cool of your parents. And second of all, reexamining me, um, yeah, again, like why why do I have this belief about about gaming? So anyway, that's kind of like a side note, but so it's 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 an incredible conversation because gaming can have it has simultaneously some of the worst of the internet culture and gaming addiction and behavioral challenges and all of that, but it also has so much incredible potential for social connection 
and learning. I mean, like every online game has components of resource management and currency management and trading and economy. And all of those are fundamental skills that are transferable to entrepreneurship. And a story I like to tell that kind of blows people's mind is my best man at my wedding a couple of years ago, I met 20 years ago playing World of Warcraft. And we have met in person three times prior to our wedding. But I've probably spent more time with him than anyone outside of my wife in my life. Like we've spent more time online chatting and sharing stories and going through different things. And we went from like teenage kids doing stuff together to uh, he got a law degree and has built a whole successful practice in American compliance and all kinds of stuff. And we've been through the entrepreneurial journey. Um, and a lot of our kind of common ground comes from gaming. We have a lot of other friends that are kind of purely online community based. It's it's interesting and it's it's such an incredible space. But as you said, and as you've as you've kind of identified with your beliefs, there are, there are extremes in it, right? You can there can be very 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 positive and very powerful things that can come from it. There can also be big challenges with it, and you have to kind of be careful how you navigate that. Yeah. You mentioned briefly, you now run a company called Iversoft. What is that? Yeah. What is Iversoft today? What do you do today? Yeah. So we build software. Um, we build, we specialize in mobile development, but uh, the entire business is around building software development teams for our clients all over the world. Uh, sometimes that means working with smaller companies where we come in and from kind of start to finish own the entire product development cycle. In other cases, for a lot of our larger clients, we act as discipline specialists. So we'll come in as the Android or iOS or kind of generally mobile team, augmenting their web team, and have had a chance to work on some of the coolest emerging tech all over the place. We've worked on augmented reality for some of the biggest entertainment brands in the world. We've worked in critical infrastructure around healthcare for the pandemic, and even in e-commerce and groceries. So we build... We build incredible teams and are, are the core of our business is people. Love that. Okay, let's shift to maybe your business, Iversoft. You, as I alluded to earlier, you run a four-day four work week and you've told me you have some of the best for family-friendly culture that exists out in the workplace. Will you tell me a little bit about maybe the, what that looks like and and how you even decided to to have that be a thing at Iversoft? Yeah, it's. Uh, I would love to say this was a hyper intentional. Like we went down this path and had this vision from day one. Reality is, I think like everyone else, twenty twenty kind of hit and the world changed, and we went from being a company that had a one day a month, you could submit a form and get a work from home day approved to overnight became a virtual, fully remote company. And what was amazing that process is when we went from everyone in one building and everyone in person to remote, every measurable performance metric we had went up. We were more efficient, people were happier, um, projects were moving faster. And so what that ended up leading our team to do is we took a bit of a step back and said, okay, we were, we were so wrong about whether or not that was a thing and that could be successful in our space. What else, what other beliefs do we have that could be challenged, that could be pushed back on? And there'd been all kinds of research at the time trending and talking about like 
the four day work week of just eliminating a day and what that looked like, we weren't and still aren't in the place where we can completely eliminate a day from our schedule. However, we started looking at, okay, what were the biggest benefits of going remote? What are we hearing from families? What were we experiencing ourselves? And a lot of that came from not having to commute anymore, the flexibility with family, the flexibility to adapt to, oh, my kid is at home at sick, or I want to be able to drop my kids off at school or pick them up after school. And so we started looking at what a potentially compressed four-day work week might look like. And for us, we defined that as establishing what our core operating hours were in which clients or staff could book other team members for meetings and you needed to be able to attend and how hours kind of happened outside of that. And so we ended up establishing that our core business hours were 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern. During that window, we expected anyone and everyone in the company to be able to be booked in a meeting. No exceptions. You needed to be available outside of that and do that Monday to Thursday. So not be able to book anyone on a Friday. Outside of those core hours, we moved to a policy where it was completely flexible for anyone in the company to complete their hours however they saw fit. So very quickly, we saw a ton of people in the company shift to four 10-hour days where they would do 10 hours Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and have every Friday off. Interestingly, we kind of thought everyone would do that. What we actually saw was a lot of people go to a half day on Friday and kind of shift their schedules a little bit during the week so they could have time for their family and be able to be a little bit more accommodating of kids' events or pick up or drop off and then do an extra two hours in the evening after kids went down, things like that. And What's been amazing is in our business, our entire product offering, the entire value we bring for clients is the caliber of talent and the kind of happiness of that talent that we bring to a project. So what we've seen is the quality of the people we attract, the ability to fill roles and the ability to kind of staff teams quickly has improved dramatically. When everyone else in the tech world was having talent shortages and struggle, we were having 100, 200, 300 applicants for every role we posted because we were offering something different than just salary. We were offering a chance to kind of have that flexibility back in your life. And what I often hear when we talk to other service companies is like, oh, how could you possibly do that? Like our clients would fire us if we did that. And we had some clients that weren't thrilled about the idea that they couldn't have meetings with us on Fridays. But when we actually sat down and had an open conversation, like, look, the trade-off is we're going to give you better people than we could get before. We're going to have better teams that are happier and more productive with the time they're giving you than before. Um, we retained 100% of the clients that we had at the time, and we've grown. I think when we first brought this policy into effect, we were 28 people. We've grown from 28 to 50 in that time frame, and it's been an incredible, incredible journey. That's cool. So what would you say to... A business owner, an entrepreneur listening who has a team, where would you where would you have them start if they were like listening and thinking, oh, this sounds cool. I think I have some opportunity yeah. for growth in this area. What would you where would you recommend them start? Experiment. I, I think that's one thing we've really learned in the last couple of years is you don't have to make massive sweeping permanent changes. Every change we've made, like the four day work week, like the remote even, we've done as kind of a 30 or 60 day pilot. And we've been very open with team members we're like, hey, we're trying something. Here's how we're going to measure it. Here's what we're looking at. It's not permanent. We're going to do it for 60 days. We're going to then see what happens and kind of gauge 
the reaction, but I would encourage anyone in their kind of HR policies and their family accommodation policies, like be open to experimenting with things, be open to ideas that you thought were impossible. Like a lot of us thought remote was impossible to do at scale prior to being in a situation where we were forced to go remote. And then it was kind of like, oh, oh, this can work. Oh, this is better. Um, and people can be more productive. So I think be willing to experiment. And also, if you can figure out the value prop and anyone anyone in a service business where the people and kind of creative energy are your product offering, happy people give you better results and are more effective with each hour that they're contributing. So if there's ways you can find to better accommodate the stress of everyday life or, or kind of crazy schedules, you're going to see amazing results come from that. That's at least that's been our experience. Like I can't speak for the whole world, but like our little corner of it has been eye opening. And I mean, having a toddler and having gone through kind of the baby phase and everything now, like I don't really know how people in situations that don't have that flexibility survive because I definitely would not have like babies are chaos. It's crazy. Um, and so, yeah, I would encourage people to take little steps. Even if you say like carve off a half day, go to four and a half days of official business hours. If there's stuff that could happen outside of those hours, flexible for people, try start there, try that um, and see what the results are. I think you'd be amazed at how much productivity increases when you give people a little bit more flexibility and a little bit more trust. Yeah, what you are saying, the outcomes have been for your company as you've gone to that. That's pretty remarkable. Like you said, the talent you're you're able to retain just their overall probably um, happiness and satisfaction with their job. It's worth worth oh, experimenting yeah. for, I think, and to be able to be there with their families. Which you know, this is the family brand podcast. Like that's why they probably have the job in the first place is so they can provide for their family to so making that front and center. We've we've had people apply to us from some of the biggest names in tech around the world saying they're applying because they want to have a chance to get time with their family back and they want to have that kind of balance and they're willing to bring the experience they've got, the background they've got to what would normally be a company that's not even on their radar to Iversoft and work with us and our clients because they value that time and flexibility. And I think as, especially as people get into that kind of family stage and there's key moments with kids or flexibility of just kids are at home sick or things are going on, like that flexibility goes so far in making life manageable. Um, I think if you're in a position to do it, you should be considerate. Or if you're, even if you're not kind of an owner in a company, if you're in an in a position to influence like share this kind of content with them talk to leadership at your company talk about the flexibility because i think there's people don't recognize on paper how valuable that can be but you can see and measure the result very quickly once you've kind of put it in place yeah so if you were to speak to so we've kind of spoken to the business owner if you were to speak to you know and how it relates to employees if you were to speak to someone that maybe has their own business, sets their own schedule, I don't know if it would be any different advice than what you've already given, but would you have any specific advice to go from that five-day work week to being starting to go to the four-day? Uh, a lot of it is expectation management, right? Like, it's not something, there's a lot of people that ask us whether 
it's a policy we kind of keep on the down low? Are we really quiet about it? Like if it's something you want to do and you're running your own business, be upfront about it. Be very clear about why you have that policy, how you run that way. Our experience has been it's not as big and negative when you're speaking to clients as I think people work it up to be in their head when it's backed up by kind of here is why we do it. It's more we we have higher output, we have higher retention. You're going to get a more stable offering because of this. And in exchange, we don't we can't accommodate meetings on a Friday. If you're running your own business, set those rules. Say like, you know, you're already going to be doing long hours building your company. Set that kind of structure in your life where it's Monday to Thursday. That's when I'm client facing. That's when I'm doing these things. Um, train your clients, train your staff, train your train your ecosystem that that's how you work. And you can make occasional exceptions on the Friday if you need to, but don't make that the norm and just see what happens. Because I also think having that flexibility and that time to either spend more time with your family or invest in professional development for yourself or just general education. Like I think there's so much breathing room that can come that can be reinvested back in your company if you're not just kind of at an all out dead set run all day every day and like we we hear this constantly in dan's coaching group of like building your perfect week and controlling your time a little bit and a lot of that is having making space for the things that give you energy and give you time and so that's really all the four-day work week comes down to is owning that structure and being proactive about it. We often talk about here on the podcast about really reevaluating what's possible for your family and what you want um, with your family. And I love what you're saying here is you can also look at, at your, your business in the same way. It's so often I think we do put things in boxes like we work five days a week and these are the hours. Nine to five, Monday to Friday. <laughs> you couldn't possibly change that. But what if you could? Yeah. So I love yeah. I love taking these ideas that we hold as as truths and really looking at them like, are these hard and fast that can't change or or is there opportunity? It's more possible. If people wanted to connect with you, Graham, where would be the best way to for them to connect with you? Yeah, if they want to connect directly, um, GrahamBarlow.com or Graham Barlow on any social media. If they're interested in chatting anything tech or development, irisoft.ca. And always excited to connect with other entrepreneurs. Uh, At this point, always happy to learn from other parents uh, that have survived toddlers climbing everything. (laughs) And always excited to hear other stories of companies that are also challenging things that we put in a box. I think that's been one of the things that's been the most fun over the last few years is systematically attacking each long held belief that we're like this can't possibly change or be done differently and then experimenting and in some cases we've kind of gone yep nope that that is that is that way for a reason and we can't change it but other times it's been yeah no there's there's a whole other way of doing this and our eyes have been open so okay i have one more question because you mentioned again that you are a new parent to an 18 month old daughter what has been the most surprising thing or maybe I should say challenging thing as you've transitioned into <laughs> like doing both dad and entrepreneur, business owner, et cetera. I'm going to say two things. So one, one of the most eye-opening thing for me, and I, I have a prof- 
profound amount of newfound respect, awe, and just, I don't even know, for single parents or parents with multiple kids that they have like accomplished as much as they have. And we have an army of people helping us. And it still feels overwhelming some days. Like it is unbelievable how incredible, but also how exhausting and time consuming it can be. That's been, for me, that's been eye opening. It's just a whole newfound respect for the parents on our staff and especially single parents figuring it out on their own. Like I don't even begin to comprehend what it takes to do that. Um, so that's been, that's been a big one. Um, otherwise it's been, I mean, we've been very, very fortunate, um, since our daughter was born, it's been knock on wood, very smooth. She sleeps well, she eats well, all of that's been super positive. The journey to get there was incredibly challenging. So a lot of, again, respect and admiration for everyone that goes through that journey. But I think for me, it's been so incredible watching her develop thus far, but also discovering I have a whole new level of like fear and anxiety for things. Like I think I was mentioning right before we jumped on the call, she recently learned how to climb ladders at parks. She is tiny and is climbing things 10 times her height. I didn't know I could be that scared. And so now I'm navigating what to do with that and trying to give space for her to learn and experiment, but also desperately wanting to just hang on to her and not let her like fall off of anything. Um, I still haven't figured out how to navigate that. That is any advice or tips you guys have discovered through the journey. Yeah. It, it's interesting as my, so we have five children and it's interesting when I look at how my parenting has evolved from say my first to my fifth. It's amazing. Like how, how much it has evolved and how the things that I, maybe was so set on at the beginning. By the time I'm at my fifth, I'm like, well, you know this isn't that big of a deal. <laughs> my perspective changes. What would you say was the biggest or most drastic change in your approach from kind of first to fifth? Yeah. I love that you're asking me questions on my podcast. This is amazing. <laughs> um, I'm here to learn. I'm so curious. <laughs> I would say, you know, just off the cuff here, it would be, I think I, I mean, I'm not always patient, but I think I understand, like, maybe just the toddler phase a little bit more, just, and recognize, like, I know this is just a phase, and I know in the grand scheme of things, like, I don't need to get all upset about my, like, I was at the park the other day, and I saw um, a mom, and no judgment here, just an observation. I saw a mom getting after her child for playing in the dirt with his sister's toy. I understand now, like, I might have sweated that at the beginning, but I'm like, ah, who can who can blame the kid? It's dirt and it's a toy. Like, <laughs> of course he wants to play in the dirt. Yep. So maybe just more perspective and patience um, with those things that aren't as big a deal in the in the grand scheme of things. That's amazing. Learning when I to let it. things go. I think we could all benefit from more patience and more more learning of when to let things go. So that's awesome. Okay. Well, thank you. I've learned so much. And I want to jump last comment at the beginning. I'm like secretly worried inside that I 
came off like so rude when I was like, we don't have a gaming system <laughs> in our house. <laughs> I, You're good. I hope that that did not come off as like so rude, but I really do love how you brought um, to my awareness like, oh, I do have some beliefs that I'm holding there that I could I could look at again that maybe that maybe aren't too true. And that is the beautiful journey of of parenthood is discovering and rediscovering and learning and and growing. So thank you for yeah. being here today and sharing your perspective on how we can make work better for for families and and parents. I appreciate you. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Thank you so much for listening to the Family Brand Podcast. To say thank you, we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you. You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed because of the demands that are placed on them. They feel like they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions and spread thin and they're spending time as a family, but they don't feel like it's quality time. They're not really connected and they want to be more intentional. And we can certainly relate because we felt like that at one point in, in our family. And so we created a guide that allowed us to really be more confident around how we spend time as a family and what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it's just brought so much more peace into our home. It's made our lives so much more simple and we want to share it with you. So if you go to familybrand.com forward slash free, you can download the how to take back your family's time guide. And I can promise you, it'll give you more confidence and more peace in your life than your family. One last thing, we feel so inspired when we hear from families that we are making a difference for them. We would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and a review on the podcast so we can reach even more amazing families. We truly believe that the way we change the world is one family at a time.